Hi, and welcome to the Essential Tennis Podcast, your place for free, expert tennis instruction that can truly help you improve your game. Welcome to episode number 292 of the Essential Tennis Podcast. Really excited to talk about today's topic, which comes to us from David. Before we jump right in, I just want to thank four recent reviewers on iTunes who uh, left a, a review of the podcast. And those people are Slagle, S-L-A-G-L-E, Squat Bob, Sabina, and Tony. All four of you, thank you so much for taking the time to, to leave a review. Really appreciate your support very much. So today's topic comes to us from David. He wrote to me and said, I started taking notes about my matches and tournaments, both specific and general what I did well and what I need to work on. I'm probably not the first person to keep a tennis diary of sorts. Do you think it's a good tool? And do you have any tips on how I should write and use this diary? I'd love to hear your thoughts on this in a podcast episode. All right, David, really good idea. And I think a diary can be super critical, both for tennis and it can be great for all areas of life and and life in general. can really help you plan. It can help you process what's happening and can help you in reflecting on what's going on and determining what's working, what's not working, etc., etc. And just kind of be more purposeful in planning and charting your course forward. And that's exactly why we're really focused on the whole idea of action plans. And that's going to be part about a part of what I'll be suggesting and recommending that you do in your diary. And I, and yeah, absolutely. I think it's a great idea. And I think it's something that if you take improvement seriously, and you're not just playing for fun, uh, it's not that you're not having fun playing tennis, but if fun is not your primary motivator or exercise or socializing and improvement and mastery is really what you're after, that I think it's absolutely time well spent. And anytime we work with a student, we provide them with an action plan. And it's a very detailed step-by-step process to follow. And that really lays the groundwork for improvement moving forward. But what's really on the shoulders of the student then is keeping track of what's happening, being objective and looking at data about what's working, what's not working, and continuing to make adjustments. And that's where a diary can really, or a journal or whatever you want to call it, can absolutely come in extremely, extremely useful. So I've got five different things, David, and you can take or leave any of these. Maybe a couple of them will resonate really strongly and other ones you'll say to yourself, ah, I don't really need that or I'm not really interested in, in tracking that kind of information or what have you. So feel free to take or leave any of these. These are the five things that came to mind for me that I think are most important to track and measure and really be purposeful and mindful about. And so I recommend these are the, the elements that you focus on. Number one, Technical reminders and tips. This is probably the easiest one and the one that would probably be most fun or enjoyable to uh, a large chunk of tennis players out there. And I just want you to just think for a second. How often have you heard some kind of drill or tip or suggestion about technique? You went out and tried it. It worked great. And then a year later, you heard somebody mention that same tip and you're like, oh, yeah, why don't I do that anymore? <laughs> or maybe it was a, a particular drill drill, or some kind of feel exercise and it really helped you in the moment. And then you just get caught up in the, the rigors of 
the, just the day to day and trying to keep up with your game and compete and and improve and drill and practice and work on different things and you just kind of forget stuff. And so a diary would just be a really logical place to keep a treasure chest of different ideas that you can go back and refer to at any point in time. And you could break them into strokes. You could have a forehand page, a backhand page. And by the way, you could do this digitally. You can do this on a physical book. Uh, Back in the day, I used to have a physical binder when I was a junior player. I still have that, that binder and it had lots of clippings from tennis magazines and pictures and quotes and drills and phone numbers of my hitting partners and all kinds of stuff like that. But a lot of it was technical reminders so that when I went and practiced in my backhand or my volley or my serve or whatever, wasn't quite up to where I thought it should be, I'd go back and review those things. And a lot of times there'd be a reminder there of a particular thought or phrase or exercise that could get it right back to where I wanted it to be very, very quickly. So it doesn't really matter uh, how you break it down. It's totally up to you. But the, the whole idea here is to have a singular place where you write down the most important reminders about technical things. And so that's the first kind of uh, category of elements that I recommend you keep track of in your diary. So number one is technical reminders and tips. Number two, now we're going to get a little bit more serious, is practice plans. And this will immediately set you apart from the casual, fun-focused tennis player. Don't ever hit a tennis ball without some kind of purpose, some kind of outcome that you're trying to achieve. Every once in a while, just to relax and, and just enjoy yourself, it's fine to just go hit balls. But if your primary goal is improvement, then you shouldn't be the vast majority of your time should be spent having some kind of outcome, some kind of purpose, some kind of goal for what you're doing with every swing. And you should have a plan in place for every day, every time you step out onto the court, even if it's just a general purpose or plan for your time, just so you're not walking out there aimlessly and just hitting balls, which one of the biggest things that bothers me, one of my biggest pet peeves is teaching, coaching, and looking down a couple of courts down and seeing a tennis player hitting balls on a ball machine. And you can tell in like two swings whether or not they're doing something purposeful and intentional and specific to try to improve a particular part of their game or they're just hitting balls. And 99% of the time, tennis players go, they get the ball machine and they just hit shots. There's no targets. There's no rhyme or reason to what they're hitting. They're just kind of like running up, oh, hitting some volleys and then running back again, letting a couple of balls go by, hitting some forehands, some backhands. And again, if if your goal, if your purpose in tennis is to get some exercise, maybe get some stress relief, decompress a little bit, and and run around and enjoy yourself, then, then totally fine. And I'm not judging those players, but for myself, clearly being a very like improvement and mastery-focused person, and I know that a lot of those players have the intention of improvement, it really pains me to see an hour being spent in that way with just random shots being hit. So have a plan, have some kind of practice plan, and your journal could be a very natural and easy place to put that in place and write it down and and write it 
whatever, that morning at breakfast or after your last practice session, sit down and plan out what you're going to do the next time you practice based on what happened, et cetera, et cetera. And I highly recommend that you use the drill progressions that we provide you with. We don't do a lot as far as drill progressions here on the podcast because it's an audio format. But if you go to our YouTube channel or you go to our Facebook page, every day, well, on every day on Facebook, we're posting videos. On YouTube, we're posting new stuff every, uh, every other day or so. But if you go back across our hundreds of videos on YouTube and on Facebook, you'll find countless ideas, countless drill progressions on any part of your game you could possibly want to improve. Those are all completely free. And they can be the basis of your practice plans, which I highly recommend you keep track of in your journal. And that's a perfect segue to element element number three I recommend that you put in your journal, and that is practice logs. So practice plans is charting out, here's how I'm going to spend my time, here's what I'm going to focus on. These are, these are the drills I'm going to use to try to improve those elements. Practice logs are notes that you write down after your practice to keep track of what you did, what you were focusing on, what drills you did to try to improve it, and probably most importantly, report on what worked and what didn't. And for each day's practice log, I, I recommend that you, you log uh, a little entry for each practice. could be a page or a, a paragraph or whatever. Just simply write down, here's what my goal was for today's practice. Number two, here's what I did to work on it. And number three, here's what worked and here, here's what didn't work. And just be really honest about it, did it go the way you thought? Maybe uh, you uh, substituted one drill for another and it worked a lot better. It gave you the results you were looking for. There's always going to be some kind of wrinkle, some kind of nuance that you didn't quite expect. And this is a perfect place to log that, write it down, so that when you go to write your next practice plan, you can look back at what you did the practice before and say, okay, uh, this didn't work the way I thought. that hopefully it would, and so I pivoted to this, and it worked a lot better. And basically, just have a one line at the end of each log is what I recommend, where you write the most important takeaway for each section. That way, you can really, you don't have to read the whole thing. If you're a big note taker and and you write a lot, you can just go to the, literally the bottom line and have, and read the takeaway and say, oh, the last time I worked on my backhand, Starting with my racket drop really f- felt super unnatural. So starting with it up and then allowing my racket to drop and then practice topspin that way worked a lot better. And then the next time you go to practice, you can start from that point and you don't have to waste time relearning it and reliving it and figuring it out all over again. So number three is practice logs. Record what you're working on and what works and what doesn't. Number four out of five is opponent notes. And I recommend that you keep these in real time as you play opponents. And you can have multiple pages for single opponents that you play all the time, or your opponent notes could simply be a real-time log of uh, really literally just on changeover sitting down and saying, okay, the last couple of games, his backhand was a little shaky, so I'm really going to focus on that for the next two games and see what happens. And you just write yourself a little bit of a note. But you can also have some more structure to this. And the three things that I really recommend that you, you write down under opponent notes in real time while you play your matches are number one, strengths of your opponents. Here's what they do best. 
And I would recommend writing down at least one or two, maybe three things if they've got a really strong game and say, for sure, number one, here's the thing that I want to make sure I don't give them the opportunity to hit their forehand. Because when they hit a bunch of forehands in a row, then I lose points because they take control and they overpower me, whatever it is. So strengths are super, super key. Number two is weaknesses under opponent notes. Here's what they're clearly working hard to avoid hitting. Wow, they're, they're running around that backhand no matter what. Like it, If it's humanly possible to run around that backhand, they're running around it. And so that you're going to make a note of that immediately. This is the shot that they really don't want to hit. And it could be multiple things. could be two or three or four things that they're clearly uncomfortable with, and it puts them in an awkward position. And then finally, under opponent notes, I recommend that you write down patterns. This is just basically combining your strength, what you know that you have and you're most confident with, and trying to match it up with their weakness. So for me, just to use a personal example, as a left-handed player, at all possible, I'm trying to hit my forehand, which is my strength, cross court or inside in, if I'm running around my backhand, to my opponent's weakness, which is usually I'm playing a right-handed player, and usually it's their backhand. So I'm hitting a whole lot of forehands cross courts on any given match, and that's my primary pattern against most opponents. But not every opponent. Some opponents will have a stronger backhand. Not super common, but it happens. Some opponents will also be left-handed. Not super common, but it happens. And so These are the things that you need to take note of. And how many times have you finished a match and you're driving home after the match and you remember, oh yeah, there was that, after after I did this, they did that in the first set. Why didn't I do that? Like another, oh, I don't know, 100 times so that you could make them really uncomfortable and probably end up winning the match instead of losing it. It's those little kind of nuances That if we're not mindful about keeping track of them can slip through our fingers very easily and very quickly. So taking opponent notes in real time is a great way to use your journal. Strengths, weaknesses, patterns, all super important. And the nice thing about this is that if you play opponent and if you play an opponent a second time, you can go back to the notes on that opponent, and you've basically got the whole cheat sheet right there. And you know exactly what worked last time. There's no guarantee it'll work exactly the same way on any other given match against that same person, but you've got a really strong place to start from. And at least now you've got a a solid plan A based on experience and based on data from your last matchup with this person. And you can really hit the ground running instead of just kind of figuring it out as you go. And sure, you'll have some things by memory, but I'm sure if you've been playing tennis for a while, you know from experience that unless you've played them 20 or 30 times, there's not, it takes a little bit of time to remember, oh yeah, I forgot about that. That high backhand is something that they really struggle with. And so I need to remember to pick on that. Instead, you can just go right to it and not skip a beat from the the last match that you had. Okay, so, so far we've talked about Technical reminders and tips, practice plans, practice logs, opponent notes, and now fifth and finally, match stories. And what I mean by match, this is different from opponent notes. Opponent notes are tactical uh, observations and reminders and keys and cues that you write down in the moment. Match stories are more about reflecting 
on lessons that you've learned and and kind of having a, a broader, deeper perspective on your game in general. And so I've got four kind of different things that you could possibly reflect on after the match is over. And some of you are going to be really into this. Others of you are like, okay, I'm definitely, this is not me. You know, I'm not a big writer. It's not, it's not something I like to really do just for fun to reflect on things. Maybe you're more of a doer than a, than a, a sitter and a thinker. And so it really kind of depends on your personality. But here's four ideas to kind of get you started and, and give you some, uh, give you a place to start. Number one, handling pressure. How did I handle pressure today? There's a whole ton of different mental toughness elements that you could also put under kind of that subcategory. Maybe or handling pressure really is kind of a subcategory of of mental toughness. All kinds of other mental elements that you could put underneath, and just kind of reflect on how you how you handled the ups and downs of the match, the the big pressure situations. What really worked well for you? How is your game developing tactically and, and mentally from a pressure standpoint? Or how about tactical changes and adjustments? How, how did you do making adjustments when your opponent did something different? And they totally shifted things and started coming to the net all of a sudden every point instead of staying back at the baseline. Or, or maybe they, they stopped being aggressive and they started just pushing the ball over. Like how did, how did you adjust to that? Reflecting on those kinds of big pattern changes and adjustments can give you a lot of insight into what you need to work on and can give you a lot of insight into what's working for you at the moment and, and how you need to respond and react differently the next time that same kind of pattern happens. Uh, number three, managing momentum swings. There's so many ups and downs, micro and macro, in any match, amateur match and professional match. Even in a lopsided match, there's, there's little ebbs and flows of momentum. And I think sitting and reflecting on how you manage those uh, how well you identified those opportunities or those those stress you know points where, where your opponent had opportunities, uh, writing down how you responded to them and maybe what tactical things really worked when your opponent started really uh, building a, a big head of steam or how you were able to to take the momentum and really run with it instead of giving it back to your opponent again. Reflecting on those kind of things, I think, can be really valuable. Uh, looking back later on and also just kind of letting it out in the moment and writing it down for yourself to process and say, oh, yeah, come to think of it. Remember back when I was down break points and I, I made this choice that really worked out well. And if you don't sit and, and kind of process those things later, if you're not purposeful about that, there are things that you might just kind of let slip through the cracks. You never really realize that you had an opportunity there or pat yourself on the back and and remember next time to... Uh, take advantage of an opportunity the same way that you did really well on, a, on that particular day. Uh, and then lastly, this would be a great place to reflect on overall game development and just kind of make some notes on, man, I've really been working hard on my, my backhand and it really paid off today because X, Y, and Z. Normally this opponent really isolates my backhand and picks on it and really makes me pay. But today I was able to really neutralize things and go toe to toe. And it was probably because of X, Y, and Z fact, uh, 
focus rather during my practice sessions. And it's, you get the idea. You can really kind of string things together and tie up loose ends in your brain, uh, write it down, and really kind of connect the dots so that you can tell what's working and what's not. And this, again, gives you just a broader perspective, understanding, and appreciation for where you've been, what you're working on, where you're headed, and can really just kind of give you, uh, just align you and orient you in the correct direction to keep things moving in a positive direction. All right, so there's a whole bunch of ideas for you, David, and hopefully this kind of inspires you to get a a tennis diary started. It could be in Google Docs, could be in Apple Notes, it could be a physical book. It would be kind of cool. Maybe you have one for every season or one for every year, whatever it is, so you can literally flip back through and see what you were working on five years ago and remember the things that were impactful and appreciate the journey that you've been on and say, wow, I re- remember back when I used to struggle with X, Y, and Z, or, or I was really stuck with improving my forehand, and, and I've come such a long ways. It can really just help serve as motivation and a way to really be grateful for the journey, to, to document the journey that you're on, and really help make everything more clear, more focused, and give more purpose and intention for everything that you're doing on the court. Hope this gave you some great ideas. Thank you for listening. Appreciate your time and your attention. Keep up the great work with your game. I'm really honored to have you as a listener. For more free game-improving instruction, be sure to check out EssentialTennis.com, where you'll find hundreds of video, audio, and written lessons. Also, be sure to subscribe to Essential Tennis on iTunes and YouTube, where we are the number one resource in the world, providing passionate instruction for passionate tennis players. Thank you so much for listening today. Take care, and good luck with your tennis.